Hey everybody, uh, Madison here uh, talking about this, uh, talking to you before this episode. We're recording this actually not too long ago, um, but we actually recorded the episode you're about to hear months and months ago prior to um, the pandemic that's going on right now in the world. So if you find it weird that we don't mention it or seem unaffected by it, the world was in a much different place back when we recorded it in like September. So we just wanted to give you a heads up and let you know that we are coming back and we're happy to be back. We have some great episodes coming up with you and that we are hoping that this show brings some light and laughter into your life right now. into a theater near you it's the equalizers a bi-weekly podcast where two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film my name is mike Noel, and i am joined as always by the sequel to my prequel madison jones madison jones are you in good form Down like a monsoon. Listen to the bass go boom explosion. <laughs> Over the competition, I'm towering. Continue. <laughs> no, I don't. Like <laughs> the only time I've heard that song is it's a mashup of this song, these lyrics, but over um, "Come On Eileen." Oh my god, it's really good. That's it's so good. Really good. Well, hey, anyway, hello again, prequels. <laughs> we're back. Good energy we're bringing. You thought the Mike and Madison team were dead and their bodies were decomposing under the trash heap that has been our entire um, audio careers. The thing is, we wrapped up Avengers, we put our equipment away, we were heading out the door to get ready to do this, and we couldn't find Madison's car. Yeah, it just disappeared. Since then, we've been on a long adventure that has involved um, Norwegian um, buff dudes. Hot chicks. Hot, hot, hot babes. Hot dudes, hot babes. Hot, hot babes um, who um, are into oral pleasure or giving oral pleasure. Also some real, real transphobic shit. And um, we met Brent Spiner. We met Brent Spider, and he has ostriches. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you say Brent Spider? Brent, Brent Spider. <laughs> um spider hybrid um (laughs) chimera that's brent spider yeah that picard show looks weird yeah (laughs) didn't you miss us requels we we missed us we missed us for sure yeah it's actually legitimately been a while since we us have even like uh, talk. Yeah. <laughs> Madison and I are friends, and then we started this show, and then we only talk about the show, and then we stopped making the show for a couple months and didn't speak to each yeah, other for yeah. a while. Just yeah. life got in the way, but yeah. we're back now, stronger than ever. Yeah. Yeah. We're strong. We're buff. We have the high ground. We have the high ground. We're lubed up, ready to go. <laughs> Charging in to this piece. Let's hit it. How are you, Mike? <laughs> I'm. I mean, I'm lubed up, so I'm good. Yeah, How are yeah. you, Madison? Oh, pretty lubed, too. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> P- 
pretty lubed. That's that's we're entered the as I'm calling it. You know, Marvel has Phase One, Phase Two. I'm calling this the second era. The second era is all about being properly lubed up, properly lubed, slipping and sliding all down those things. Um, era two, properly lubed. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm happy to be back. Happy to be doing um, too. God's work. Um, as um, we call it, and it, all of our listeners consider it God's work. And, uh, yeah, and by God, of course we mean Zoltan. Uh, I want the listeners to know I'm the only one who did the hand motion for Zoltan. I'll be honest. I watched the movie like like a yeah. month and a half ago. I yeah. don't remember. I'll be honest. I did the same. We, <laughs> we announced what I'm affectionately calling Tude, Where's My Car? And we both watched the film. Madison started work on the pitch, and then I moved cities and changed jobs, and we went on hiatus because of it. And neither of us could bring ourselves to watch this movie again. No way. I'm not paying that $3.99 again on Amazon Prime for this. Yes, me either. Paying to see this movie that I did do. Are you saying you stole Dude, Where's My Car? No, I'm not saying that. Oh, okay. So, Madison, (laughs) uh, to remind our listeners of the challenge that was issued at the end of Avengers... You were tasked with creating a sequel or prequel to the movie Dude, Where's My Car? That was a choose-your-own-adventure. And I can only hope that this extra time has given you the means of crafting a masterpiece that worthy of Ashton Kutcher. So, like all um, geniuses and um, maestros of the creative Mm -hmm. works... Name three maestros real quick. Your personal maestros, we'll say. My personal maestros. Uh, Scott Bakula. Of course. Mandy Lee from the band Mr. Wives. And um, John Luke Picard. <laughs> sure. Um, he's a maestro of space and being a captain. <laughs> a maestro of space yeah he goes through that shit (laughs) can you name a better space captain no i can't and hey all you kirk fans out there don't at me well i actually had two starfleet captains in that because scott bacula was also a starfleet captain in enterprise but he was he he was a maestro of jumping into bodies he was a quantum maestro our great bits are back everybody all maestros of the creative works i wrote this pitch well, I worked on this pitch uh, when I was somewhat drunk and also late at night. So it went places and I'm very excited to I'm so excited. Have you go through this um oh, this God. hot hot piece right here. But before we do that, let's uh talk about what what did you what did you think of this movie, Mike? Oh, I hated it. You hated it? It was garbage. It was super garbage. Yeah, there was this period of time, like, I think, like, the stoner comedy, this was, like, the original one, right? Like, Mm -hmm. this was... This was, like, a proto-stoner comedy. Yeah, and all other stoner comedies kind of, like, blossomed from this. Like, I think, like, a movie that does it this a little bit better, but still kind of bad, is, like, Harold and Kumar, right? Watching this, this is kind of also the proto The Hangover. Yeah, for sure. Because they wake up and they don't remember what they did, and they backtrack Memento style through... Mm clues and things that they find in their pockets and shit and like that's basically what the hangover is was there anything that you found actually funny granted this was a month and a half ago i will say yes because i laughed a few times kind of legitimately i could not tell you what those parts were i think the dude and sweet tattoo thing is actually pretty 
pretty hilarious. I think it goes a little bit too long, but yeah. Well, what I love about it is that they like do this and then they get really mad at each other and then they're shirtless and then they just start wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) Like they just start grabbing on each Uh, other. Yeah. That's all I really remember that like I found actually legitimately mm -hmm. kind of like like I chuckled at like earnestly. So that's the only joke you can think of, really. There was the freak in the cage dot com, which I actually thought was kind of funny. And then, oh God! <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, we'll touch on it. It's the super racist Chinese restaurant scene. Yeah, I mean, the bit itself is kind of funny. The fact that they had somebody doing that kind of accent was not as funny. No, I do think like him destroying the box and getting pissed at it like is somewhat funny, but like the yeah way they got there is not great. I think I think the callback is funnier when they send the two like Norwegian aliens yeah that was funny because it was a callback but there were a few good jokes in this movie i couldn't tell you what they were because it's been so long since i've seen it and i could not be bothered to watch it again to prepare for today but this was also like and musically and like soundtrack wise this was like astro lounge smash mouth assants right like i'm pretty sure they're like no i'm sorry hold on you can't just breathe smash mouth assants into the universe like that's a thing it is i mean we're in a keanu sans right now um and we've been in a mcconaughey sense before we're in a lizzo sense no, currently it's as well mcconaissance is the term and that's why everybody's just tacking sense onto the end of yeah, anybody's yeah. name uh i will shout out you mentioned a lizzo sense that reminded me as we're recording this yesterday they announced disney plus will be reviving a lizzie mcguire series starring hillary duff yes and we only bring it up, of course, because of Lizzie McGuire 2, Who Done It. Do you think Disney's going to deliver on a lot of these? I don't know. Whether or not they actually deliver on Disney Plus, I think as long as they have Lizzie McGuire, Lizzie equals success. Did somebody say math, bitches? The math is out there. Welcome back to Maths and Math Facts. I know you all missed it so much during the hiatus that you were just jonesing, jonesing for those Madison mm-hmm. math facts. That's I mean, a, canonically, a dozen of our fans did start math majors in college because they were missing yeah. the facts. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get kids into college with Madison's <laughs> math facts. <laughs> we got a scholarship developing. That's the Captain James Hook scholarship for math. <laughs> yes. And you'll be happy to know, Mike, that I actually have numbers in some of these math facts this week. Good, because we did skew away from the more mathematical facts to the Madison's <laughs> something tidbits of heedfulness, which should have been Hollywood. But For uh, listeners that don't remember, in Madison's math facts, math stands for Madison's mm-hmm. uh, amazing. amazing yeah, amazing a- tidbits of heedfulness. Yeah, amazing tidbits of heedfulness. It's, yeah, I, I was look, getting it's there. It's been a while. It's was, been a while. I was getting there. Um, <clears throat> I was giving it a dramatic pause because it's um, it's our best segment. <laughs> um. Okay. Anyway, so math fact number one: the word "car" is said sixty-two times. Math blasted. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Pretty good. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait for this one. Ooh. Math fact number two. Mathematicians have worked out that the continuum transfunctioner can always be solved in 20 mu's or fewer. 20 mu's? <laughs> Let me do it again. How do you do it In again? the time it takes you to collect 20 mu Pokemon cards, you can solve the trans. <laughs> Let me do it again. Let me do it again. 
I think that's fun, though. Yeah. I like it when people in the real world, like, study, like, random things that happen in movies. Like, what, what mm-hmm. would happen if that actually was, like, applied to the real and world? It is wild. Like, I love that, too. But it is wild to me that somebody sat down to watch Dude, Where's My Car? And thought, I'm going to apply some math to this shit. Yeah. And I don't even remember what the continuing transfunctioner looked like. Was it? It wasn't a... It was uh, a Rubik's Cube. Oh, it was a Rubik's Cube. Oh, okay. There we go. But then mathematicians already probably knew that. Right? I mean, probably. Yeah. They didn't, like, watch Dudes Where's My Car. They probably <laughs> just knew that Rubik's Cubes can be solved in 20 moves or fewer. Next math fact. This is a longer one. Mm-hmm. Kind of amazing. In 2012, the Pittsburgh Pirates started using the Zoltan hand signal from the film as a way for players to congratulate their teammates after an accomplishment such as a home run or a double play. <laughs> The habit started out. <laughs> the habit started after the pirates were watching Dude Where's My Car in the visiting clubhouse at Turner Field in Atlanta during an April 2012 weekend series against the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> after a Twitter campaign to encourage the real Sultan to appear at the game, Hal Sparks flew to Pittsburgh on July 25th, 2012 to throw out the ceremonial first pitch and was on hand to see the Pirates win 3-2 to over his hometown team, the Chicago Cubs. Math blasted! <laughs> Good. This, uh, this movie changed lives. This movie started oh movements. Oh my god. Um, Jesus. Man. That's it. Matt, Madison's math facts are over. <laughs> well, as we're wont to do, we can segment hop straight into the patch. Oh, man, I miss these so much. Because I've, I've plucked out of the vine some of Daddy's tomatoes. Squish me. All right. You know what? You said it. That means we're getting the deep squish theme. Yeah. So I know I said at the beginning of Avengers, I was retiring this from uh, regular use. I'm still going to look for them. And if I don't find them, then I won't use any. But I found a few that I think are kind of fun. So we'll we'll hit it just as hard as we always do, fam. Really hard. So this first tomato comes from Cameron R., who gave this four stars. Some real dumb ass shit. End of review. Now, I want to point out, it goes some real, period, dumb, period, ass, period, shit period some real dumb ass shit i don't think any of that's grammatically correct also because i misspoke there is not a period after shit so i was an english major i know sentences and that just doesn't work sorry i was an english major and grammar was the worst part of like commas semicolons colons couldn't be bothered fuck punctuation yeah hey gang it's 2019 just burn punctuation. Yeah. It's 2019. We're eating ass and burning punctuation. Ooh. No, we're not. <laughs> well, you do you. Y'all do you, fam. Uh, I'm going to stop saying fam. I hate that I've started doing that in this episode. Don't you love us, Mike? Yeah, but I just hate that I'm calling everyone fam now. Okay. Um, you have to earn family status. Madison and I have been doing this podcast for like two years now, and Madison isn't even has no. earned fam status. No, I don't get any birthday cards. I actually make Madison send me a birthday card on their on birthday. On my birthday, yeah. <laughs> this next review comes from Domenico V, who gave this two stars. So stupid that I had to throw the movie away in a review. <laughs> I, like how, I like the image. It's like someone just like ejecting their DVD player 
mm-hmm. taking the DVD out and then just walking right over the trash and dropping it. I like the idea that they throw the DVD player away because it's now contaminated. <laughs> this next review comes from Paul L., who gave this three stars. Saw this in French? When I was in French Polynesia, in parentheses, between Australia and Fiji, end parentheses, understood every word. I don't speak French. End of review. <laughs> Do you think in French they still say shippy? Oh, for sure, hundred percent. Because it's made up. Oh yeah. I think this. I think this. I think this movie made up that word, right? I like, have. I mean, even if they didn't, it's a nonsense word. There's no way there's a word in French for shibby. <laughs> Le shib. Le shib. I'd watch this movie in French. I don't speak French or understand French, so like, so, I think that'd just be an enjoyable time. I, th- I bet the, it makes the movie better. Masson, I just need you to go into your pitch and control F search shibby and replace it with le shib. Le shib. <laughs> I could do that and it'd be pretty funny probably. <laughs> Our next review comes from I don't know what you mean, who rated this not interested. Was the DVD for the film ever priced over five dollars? <laughs> in your review. Right? I mean, I do see this movie in like five dollar bargain bins at like Target and um, like Walmart. Like it's it's usually it's sometimes like coupled with like another stoner comedy like um, like Road Trip RV starring Robin Williams. Yeah, but no more like Orange Trip. Uh, orange Trip. Ro- <laughs> orange trip. <laughs> I make I I like combined Orange County right? <laughs> and uh, and Road Trip. Like oh no road trip or Orange County the girl next door or whatever Saving Silverman or something like that you know it's one of those movies so yeah I don't know probably not right like the most this movie's probably ever been is like ten dollars I have something here that I'm going to call a super tomato okay you building it up I found eleven reviews that shared a theme and all of them were f- rated from not interested to half a star. And so I just combine them and I'm going to rattle them off kind of one at a time. Okay. Dude, shoot me in the face. Dude, where's my decency? Dude, where is my mind? Dude, where's Ashton Kutcher's talent? Dude, why did I watch this movie? Dude, Dude, where's the humor? Dude, where's my weapon? Dude, where's the script? Dude, where's my refund? Dude, where's my money back? Dude, where's my dignity? End of Super Tomato. That's amazing. The internet's amazing sometimes, and then that's a that's a good that like if the internet had a Smithsonian, that should go in it, like that little bit right I've there. Just, every page of Rotten Tomatoes I looked at, I found like one of these at least, yeah. like maybe every other page. But it was just everybody was like, "Hey, I've got a good idea for a joke," and it was the same template. But the when I was a uh, when I was researching Madison's math facts, um, mm-hmm. I did find one that I almost included, but I didn't think it was that interesting. But um, they did send this movie, Dude, Where's My Car, uh, in for Oscars, <laughs> in to like win an Oscar. Um, but instead of like for your consideration or anything like that, they put Dude, Where's My Oscar <laughs> instead. All right. Well, with that late stage math fact and the tomatoes out of the way, I think it's time. It's time. Let's get back into it's, it. Yeah. We've warmed up enough. We've been, you know. We got back in the equalizing car. We started the engine. We got it roaring. We're ready to roll. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what a great bit we just did. It's 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 humming out there. You got a warm, warm. The ice is melted. The It's it's all defrosted. We're ready to stick this chicken in the microwave. <laughs> Here we go. 
so pumped. I'm so excited. At the end of the first movie, we parted with Jesse and Chester after they had just saved the world by activating the Continuum Transfunctioner, blowing up the babe aliens, and enlarging their girlfriend's boobs without their consent for their own pleasure and amusement. That was the year 2000. <laughs> I'm laughing at that great call-out phrase. <laughs> we now enter the year 3000. Peace has been accomplished amongst the galaxy. The Milky Way has been renamed as simply the Shippy. Oh my god. There are no wars. There is no one homeless. There is no one left hungry. How did this happen? Well, after the events of the first movie, Jesse and Chester ascended to a legendary status for a short time. But time moved on and greater events captured the public's attention. Events like 9-11, the war in Iraq, and the 2008 recession preoccupied people's minds and nobody had the energy or time for the high capades of two California idiots. I feel like hijinks was easier fruit to grasp for than high capades. <laughs> for the high capades of two California idiots. Like a Shrek in the Swamp dance party bonus feature <laughs> in the night. <laughs> everyone's memory waned on the two on the everyone's memory waned on the two stone simpletons. Well, almost everybody. Zoltan and his UFO cultist had zoomed around the galaxy with the Norwegian voiced alien bros and had seen that the rest of the universe was not in fact dictated by laws and bureaucracy, but was in fact governed by partying and doing a lots of hallucinogenic drugs. Good. Their partying journey took 10 years to complete, and they returned to Earth with the intention of spreading their knowledge and drugs to the world. <laughs> they were disappointed to find that the world had changed and the effects of late-stage capitalism had ruined the new millennia. <laughs> oh my god. They tracked down Jesse and Chester at their current job, a pizza restaurant. <laughs> and even they were feeling the buzzkill. Our once heroes were way worse than when they had left them. The girlfriends had left them, finished their degrees, and were now working as successful unsalaried lobbyists. <laughs> and were now married to highly successful uh, fraternal <laughs> twin pro bono surgeons. <laughs> Which is sort of weird, but not that weird, so nobody brings it up that often. <laughs> Meanwhile, Chester and Jesse had been fired from 14 different pizza restaurants <laughs> since the year 2000, with nine of them being owned by Mr. Pizza Coley. <laughs> I forgot that his name was Pizza Coley. They were nearly at the breaking point, and were seriously considering giving up the shibby. Zoltan, hating seeing the world and what it had done to itself while these two figures who were more in touch with the universe than they even know lay in destitute, knew he had to do something, and that was to found a new religion, the religion of Shibiism. Oh, God. Zoltan, a total follower and a behind-the-scenes sort of cultist, knew he could not be the one to lead this movement, though. He needed a figurehead, a person who exemplified partying and the do-nothing attitude that the rest of the universe coveted. Only then would they be able to join the rest of the galaxy in infinite bliss. Before him sat two candidates. A choice appears. One box around Jesse. One box around Chester. Oh. There's text below Jesse's box that reads, Shibe. There's text below <laughs> Chester's box oh, no. that re reads, Shibi. Your choice, Mike? Which one was Jesse? Which one was Chester? Jesse is um, is the first one. Sorry, let me rephrase that. 
Which one was Ashton Kutcher? Oh, oh. Ashton Kutcher was Jesse. I'm going to go with the Kutch. The Kutch? Okay. The Clutch Kutch. Are you sure? Yeah. Cool. I'm keeping my thumb on that page, though, in case he gets eaten by the troll. Cool. <laughs> Jesse is lifted up by the crowd of cultists in a hip-hip-hooray fashion. They throw him up a few times, but they get carried away, and he launches into the hanging light fixture above. <laughs> Oh, God. The ball breaks, and the glass goes into Jesse's eyes and down his throat. (laughs) (laughs) The hot filaments of the lights then light... The hot filaments of the lights then ignite Jesse's hair and clothes. The cultists and Chester look on in horror as Jesse runs around the room aflame wildly before running straight into the brick oven uh, behind the counter. He doesn't make it. Due to this, the cultists decide to make Chester the figurehead instead. Oh my god, okay, fuck you. Chester is asked by the cultists to write a book that explains the theology of their religion. With time being of the essence, the cultists lock Chester in the walk-in pizza place cooler where they keep all the toppings with a pen, a notebook, and a satchel full of alien drugs until he completed the manifesto (laughs) that the religion could be based upon. Not knowing what it to do. It feels like that's how you came up with this pitch, because you mentioned writing it very late at night while drunk. It feels like aliens locked you in your room with alcohol and made you write this pitch. And by aliens, I mean me. Yes. Speaking of. Yeah. Not knowing what to do, Chester did what he knew his dearly and brutally departed friend would want him to do. <laughs> Get shibbied on some space quaaludes. <laughs> Chester ripped open the bag and grabbed the first two drugs that uh, he found. He held one in each hand. A choice appears. Ooh, okay, here we go. One box around a hand with a few small round yellow tablets that had small craters in them and glowed like the moon. The other box around the other hand that held three capsules that insides looked like sprawling galaxies that were forming, evolving, and dying over and over again within the shells. Mike which do you choose? Hmm. What was the first box? It was the first box was um, small, round, yellow tablets that have uh, small craters in them and glow like the moon. The other one is right. I remember the other one was the fucking necklace from Men in Black. Yes, I feel like that's a red herring. I'm gonna go with the yellow tablets. Yellow tablets. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me guess. Chester dies and then takes the other tablets because fuck you. <laughs> no. I won't do that to you again. At first, after taking the drug, Chester feels nothing. He gets frustrated and begins to start tossing the topping buckets uh, within the cooler everywhere. First the banana peppers, then the olives, Mm -hmm. then the pepperoni, Mm -hmm. then the sausage, Mm -hmm. then the feta, Mm -hmm. then the glowing spectral anchovies, Mm -hmm. then the slices of transdimensional riffs, Mm -hmm. then the tiny hands with eyeballs where the nails should be, then the spiders in disco suits. So this is a pizza hut. One by one, he knocks all of these ingredients to the ground, each ingredient atop one another in a big mound. The mound was small at first, but as Chester knocked more toppings onto the mound, the mound started to pulsate. Oh, I, was saying, I thought you were saying grow bigger. You know how things do when you put more things on top of them. <laughs> the mound grew and grew before Chester's eyes, and eventually formed a sarcophagus that stood before him. <laughs> The sarcophagus door then cracks open, and within it, Chester sees a ghost white man in a suit and a cape. I'm so happy. 
scared, Chester moves closer and closer to the sarcophagus door. But before he touches the door, the man leaps at him and bites the space between his thumb and pointer finger on his left hand. Chester wrenches back and grabs the closest thing to him, a pizza paddle, snaps it in half, and plunges it into the pizza vampire's chest. Oh my god, a pizza vampire. The pizza vampire explodes. Sauce everywhere. Chester barely can process what is going on before the chain starts to happen. His hair begins to grow and his bones start to crack. His mouth lurches from his face and stretches outwards into a snout. The scene pans back and we see what Chester has become, a fully-fledged pizza werewolf. Oh my god. Chester lets out a howl that echoes endlessly until Chester's eyes open. He's lying naked on the cooler floor, clutching a notebook. The notebook is now filled front to back with the title, the holy text of shibbyism written above the first line so just so i'm clear his alien drug stupor was of a pizza vampire biting him and turning him into a pizza werewolf yes okay (laughs) chester knocks on the cooler door and waits for an answer eventually one of the cultists answers and he presents his written word to them zoltan and the cultists carefully read the drug-fueled manifesto chester studies their faces as they read it and they seem to experience every wave of emotion. At one point, they look confused, then angry, then sad, then angry again. (laughs) At one point, they stop reading and just look blankly at each other for a bit and begin to hug for five minutes. (laughs) By the end of their reading, they are both crying and clapping, and they go to hug Chester. Zoltan gives the document to one of his followers and tells them to type up a copy that is uh, more legible and uses less pictures. Chester asks Sultan what is next, and he tells him that they have, now that they have the holy text, that they now need to introduce it to the world. And the only way to do so is through a big reveal at an event that thousands upon thousands of people are watching. They go to a computer and search big events in Google for ideas to see where large-scale events were happening in the area the next day. A choice appears. Two boxes are, are around the options. One box around an event called Buffalo Insemination Group Expo. Wouldn't it be B-I-G-E? No. One box around Big, the movie, convention. A convention that is uh, themed around the movie Big starring Tom Hanks. Mike, what is your choice? I mean, I've picked the first option twice now. So, also, I don't want it. No, you know what? I feel like... Canonically, the fans deserve... If you, you... You do what you want to do. Do you want to go to the Buffalo Insemination Expo? Or do you want to do a convention about the movie Big? I mean, you've, you're trying to tie my hands here to shame uh-huh. me. I'm saying I think the fans deserve to know, canonically, what the Buffalo Insemination Expo group presentation is like. Okay. Chester points to the Buffalo Insemination Group Expo. Zoltan says that that is perfect, that the buffalo is a species that is on the endangered species list, and with the highly obvious eco-friendly and pro-animal themes within Chester's manifesto, it is surely going to strike a chord with them. Chester, Zoltan, and a select group of followers travel to the expo. Immediately, they are turned away for being way too weird in their plastic jumpsuits and their obviously high demeanor. Out in front of the convention center, they spot Pierre, the eccentric ostrich farmer, protesting the event. Oh my god. When they ask what he is doing there, he explains that he is protesting the continuation of the buffalo species as they are a threat to his ostrich farm. 
He says that they have been invading his farms and mauling his ostriches in recent weeks, and that they need to be stopped. Zoltan, for clarification, asks what these buffalo look like, and Pierre describes what a grizzly bear looks like, <laughs> and Zoltan says that he thinks he is confused. Pierre realizes that his, his mistake and says that he must have got them confused because they sort of look alike because they are big and brown. Chester and Zoltan ask him if he knows how they could get into the expo and explain their reasons. He says that he saw that the caterers enter through a side entrance and that he thinks that they could sneak in through that way. They go around the side entrance and notice a van for Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> God. They go around the side entrance and notice a van for Buffalo Wild Wings bringing trays of wings into the event. Chester points out how it is sort of fucked up that they are serving buffalo wings at the Buffalo Preservation event. Zoltan and Pierre don't question his logic for some reason. <laughs> Cue a few scenes of them doing obvious masquerading as caterers and them eventually getting onto the stage somehow. Eventually he does and he approaches the microphone to speak. If you have any ideas for that, that's kind of my... This is where my notes run out of this episode for like things that they could do in the buffalo insemination because that's like it's funny that you said that because i didn't have a lot of stuff you spent most of your time on the big movie convention yeah probably hmm. i wasn't prepared to bring ideas i mean I for sure you're gonna do the big movie convention <laughs> i feel like because it's an insemination expo there's probably a lot of really just uncomfortably looking insemination devices on sale <laughs> Like, is it kind of like that scene in Paul Blart Mall Cop where they go to the, like... I was thinking that exact... That was the exact reference I was also thinking. Like, there's, like, a... Like, there's, like, a rocket launcher that just, like, blasts... (laughs) Like... Blasts buffalo semen. (laughs) Yeah. There's a buffalo semen blunderbuss. Um, (laughs) There's a sense I never thought I'd say. Um, There's a sense I wish I never had said. I feel like maybe it's just in a weird extended scene of Chester somehow bribing people with buffalo wings. Okay. Or like that classic thing of like, oh, here's a paper clip. Now go around and try to trade with other people to get the most impressive things. So like, oh, I'll trade you a paper clip for your rubber band. Cool, I'll trade you the rubber band for a deck of cards. Cool, I'll trade you a deck of cards for a okay. recorder. Uh, I'll trade you a recorder for whatever. Like, <laughs> I feel like he's like he starts out trading like a tray of wings for something and somehow he ends up being able to trade his way onto stage. He like trades like something for the keynote speech spot. Yeah, like he ends up he starts with like here's like a dozen Buffalo Wild Wings wings and he trades that for something and then trades that something for something else and he works his way up to being able to trade his way onto stage. Okay. I like that. What do you think he traded finally? Like with the keynote speaker? I like the idea that he basically just did a weird dumb trade where he circled back around and ended up with the same wings that he then traded to the keynote speaker. Who gets sauce on himself and he's like, oh no, I have to go wash this off. And then exactly. he goes on stage. Yeah. And that's yeah. the reason. Yeah, that's good. Okay. I like that. Chester approaches the microphone, pulls out his manifesto and starts to speak. We can't hear the words Chester is saying, but after the audience's faces move from confused to captivated. I have a question. Can we not hear his voice because of a song playing or crowd noise? Like, what's the reason we don't hear him? I think it's like, there's a song playing. What's that song? It's like an instrument, like an ins- inspirational, like, like, <laughs> like wordless song, I think. Can like you give me like just a few bars of what that song sounds like? Dun, 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 dun. 
Dun 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 dun. So inspirational. Very inspirational. Yeah. We can't hear the words that Chester is saying, but after a while, the audience's faces move from confused to captivated. We see parents holding their children closer. Members of the crowd, conservatives and liberals alike, removing their red hats and feel the burn shirts, casting them aside as if they were interfering with hearing Chester's words. None of it mattered anymore. It was as if the holy word of Chester unlocked their anchors and now they were floating above where they stood, eyes and ears agape. News reporters, there to report on some small puff piece segment for the midday news, had their cameras trained on Chester as he spoke. What was supposed to be a 60-second segment for their respective channels was now a breaking news story that's feed was broadcasting on every station and in every language throughout the entire world. We still can't hear his words, but his gestures include making a lot of finger guns, making himself big as if he was scaring a bear away, and the dance moves of the cha-cha slide. At the end of his speech, he pulls out a joint. Zoltan quickly runs up and lights it for him when it's in his mouth. Chester then inhales it until it burns to his fingertips. And without exhaling, he <laughs> leans into the mic and says, And that's what the shibby is all about. <laughs> the entire place uproars with a mix of sounds of cheering and clapping. Tears that were welling on the edges of eyelids fall down the cheeks of their hosts. People watch from the TVs. <laughs> that was beautiful. People watching from the TVs in their homes were no longer staring at the tube. They were instead going into their yards and on their porches and tearing down their nation's flags, ripping them into shreds and throwing them into the street. Politicians the world over break out their pens and meet to draw up the documentation to open all borders and to absolve their political systems. CEOs and business owners empty their accounts and throw the cash into the street outside of their windows. There's only one type of green that rules the world now. Oh my god. The world has ended, and the party has began. We are met with a myriad of still scenes. Chester is adorned with the regalia of a cult figure, figurehead. You chose the moon. So he's wearing, his hair is gelled out in spikes, as if his face was a head. Sorry. <laughs> his hair is gelled out into spikes around his head as if mm-hmm. his face was a sun mm-hmm. and he's wearing robes zoltan and his followers lose the plastic coats and black tank tops and were now wearing brightly colored baja hoodies with sun imagery on them as does the rest of the populace we see stills of chester giving speeches and holding rallies in front of millions we see banks being demolished and party zones being built Large urban landscapes get reformed to large party zones, with different areas being appropriated for the different age groups. Hemp fields replace much of the already cultivated farmland. Free food dispensaries Mm -hmm. (laughs) replace grocery stores. Cars are melted down, and their metal is used to make weed pipes and other essential party things. Do you have any other metal party things that the cars can be made into? No, but I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. I have suggestions, Mike, question mark. (laughs) We can move on. Yeah, I don't have anything for you. Sex shops open by the dozen Mm -hmm. and sporting event spaces like hockey rinks, football stadiums, and golf courses are redesigned to be designated fuck zones. Oh, boy. 
we see a still of Chester looking up at the stars, and then another one with the two Norwegian aliens coming down to meet with them. We then see Chester, Zoltan, and the Norwegian aliens in a spaceship soaring off to different planets. Chester is seen speaking in front of different species on many different planets with the Norwegian aliens translating for him. One by one, each planet joins Shibiaism until the entire galaxy is part of the party. At the end, we see Chester as an old man upon a great throne, a joint in one hand. Mr. Pizza Coley, an android now, oh and the same God. age as he always was, <laughs> holds out an open pizza box to him, offering him um, to choose a slice. Chester reaches out bef- before he grabs one. His hand falls, as does his shoulder. His body feels numb, but not in a good way. He quickly fades and closes his eyes, never to open them again. Zoltan and the twins, now in the upper echelon of the inner circle of Chester, come running into the into the chamber to confirm Chester's death. It is true, and the arrangements are made. Zoltan, who is making all the ceremonial arrangements for Chester's funeral, finds his will and last requests for what to do with his body once he has passed. There are two options that he has offered for his ceremonial burial and the choosing of their next leader. A choice appears. One box around the word smoke. One box around the word dose. Smoke. Chester's body is taken and skinned head to toe. Oh, Jesus. The rest of his remains... (laughs) Oh, fuck. The rest of his remains, besides his skin, are cremated. His skin, however, is taken to the hemp paper factory, and his skin is turned into rolling paper. Jesus Christ. This rolling paper is then used to make enough joints that everyone within his inner circle can partake. In a meeting of their inner circle, they each take a long drag off of one of the blunts. Mm. Chester informed them that once they have smoked each uh, joint enough, that they will enter a new state of being shibbied. And during that time, he will appear to them from the afterlife and choose one of them as their next leader. They all do so and patiently wait in disgust. The scene begins to zoom out and then eventually fade without us ever seeing the group enter the heightened state of Shibby or seeing Chester appear to them. We continue to hear the audio from the room and the discussion while the screen goes black. (laughs) Slowly a light fades in, focused on an image of Chester's smiling face. The audio from the room can still be heard. They are talking about Chester and reminiscing about the good times they had with him. The frame sits on Chester's smiling face until it finally fades to black. And then the title of the movie, Bandershipid. Oh my god. Just so I'm clear, is it Dude Where's My Car, colon, Bandershipid, or is it just Bandershipid? It's just Bandershipid. Okay. Jesus Christ, Madison. <laughs> what was your favorite part? Oh my god. The Pizza Vampire. Probably. Pizza Vampire? I mean, I did love um, the idea that it was like, hey, pick who's going to be in charge of the, the church. And I did. And they were immediately killed. And the other person got picked. Did I do it? Oh, you did it. I I, I made you a choose your own adventure, dude. Where's my car? No, you did it. You did it. There was a lot less looking for a vehicle than I was expecting. But I'm not. That's not a complaint. That's just an observation. I mean, the greatest vehicle is um, organized religion, right? <laughs> oh my god! Well, that's we're gonna put that on a mug. Um, that's the that's the subtitle of the movie. <laughs> greatest vehicle, or the tagline, or Chester take the wheel. 
But yeah, you did it. I mean, it's been done. Been done. I just need to sit for a minute with. <laughs> well, you sit there and I'll, I'll talk to the audience for a little bit. Me and Mike have talked about doing another episode and Mike choosing the other options. Mm-hmm. So we may release that in the future. I think we'll save it for a bonus episode if we need, but we will record it so that everyone can hear what would happen in the alternate timeline. I assume, Madison, that, oh, if I pick Chester and the space drug and this thing, like, the, the options were basically kind of the same regardless of who I picked. It was it depended a little bit later of how it branched out, but like it's not like oh what if I'd picked Chester and the space truck and Dost or whatever like the yeah 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 which is fine I don't mean that in any kind of I am floored that you did not choose the big movie convention I really felt like our listeners I wasn't trying to guide you I was just like I was just surprised because you you were going that way and then you left I zagged on you I felt like the audience demanded <laughs> to know about buffalo insemination I didn't give you much from it. So. And yeah, which is wild. Like, I figured that would be the place where you spent the most amount of time. I don't know. I don't know about Buffalo pregnancy. Uh, wow, did so, you even go to school? No. Did you just show up to Ball State classes then? And- yeah, I was just I was just hanging out. Well, now that you've insulted me, I think we should end the episode. Yeah, I mean, you did it. So that's credits on another episode of The Equalizers. Madison Jones, I feel so bad, but tell the people where they can find us. The people can find us... Everywhere podcasts are found, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, um, Stitcher, all those good old audio listening places that you fill your your ear holes with um, on the reg. You can find us there. Just search The Equalizers Podcast. Uh, You can also get in contact with us on Facebook and Twitter at The Equalizers. Our Gmail is equalizers at gmail.com. We have an Instagram. It is the underscore equalizers. Uh, special thing. Special thanks on our theme song, Rock Thing. Go to Creo. You can find their work at www.creo-music.com. Uh, it'd be great if you would review and subscribe. Uh, that'll help us climb those charts, just like Chester climbed the ranks of Shibbyism. We would love it if you gave us a review of any sort, and you told your friends about us. Like um, we're two generally funny people. Like, um, we, 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 we try really hard. Like, you cannot deny that. We, we have, we, we have a lot of... On average, you laugh at us. On average, you laugh at us. Like, yeah, like, don't lie to yourself. That's all we're saying. Um, I really thought for a second you were going to be like, yeah, tell your friends. Like, uh, your friend Karen. Just tell Karen. <laughs> just tell Karen. Whatever Karen in your life, just go yeah. out to her and be like, hey, Karen, what's up? How's your baby? Listen to this podcast. Hey, Karen. Also, I know you know a Karen. So tell that Karen friend. Just, you know, where it's like you tell two friends and they tell two friends. Tell one Karen. Have them tell two Karens. Have those Karens tell three Karens. The Equalizers. We love Karens. That is the, that's our motto for the second era. We love yeah, Karens. That's season two motto. We love Karens. So next time. Hey Frequels, this is Mike from the future. Uh, when Madison and I recorded this, Avengers was just about two months in the rearview mirror. Uh, life got in the way again. Uh, Madison got a promotion and I switched jobs again and we were working hard. We were on the grind, we were on the hunt, we were making that cash, we were smashing that ass, and we just had to take a longer break than we intended to. But we are back now. 
Uh, we were originally going to follow this one up with the 2nd September Sexy Showdown. The dates lined up for that. Um, obviously, we are not doing that now. I'm actually here to pop in and let you know that the next film we're going to cover is that Fastbender classic, Criterion Collection-worthy Assassin's Creed. I also want to quickly say that this episode does end with that mashup that I mentioned earlier between Come On Eileen and LL Cool J's Knock You Out. That is created by an artist called DJ Lobster Dust. You can find all their work by searching DJ Lobster Dust online. I tried to find a specific website, but I couldn't find a SoundCloud or anything like that. So give him a look. You can find a lot of his mashups there online as well. And I'm going to send it back over to us from the past so that we can bring this one to a smooth comedic landing. So, for the Equalizers, I'm Madison Jones. I'm Mike Knoll. Coming to get you, Jackson. Coming for you. Get ready. To be continued. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. I'm rocking my penis, putting suckers in fear. Making the tears rain down like a monsoon. Listen to the bass go 